In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Politically Georgia podcast, where we bring you news and analysis of all the latest Georgia shenanigans in Congress and under the gold dome. I'm your host, Greg Bluestein, and today I'm joined by my veteran colleague, James Salzer, to discuss the latest stuff in the Georgia governor's Shenanigans. Race. Shenanigans. I, I, I can't help but crack up every time I say the <laughs> word shenanigans, because our wonderful producer, Bria Felician, writes these scripts and always has the word shenanigans. I'm like, you know what? I, I do kind of use that word a lot at home <laughs> with my kids. Tell my daughter, stop your shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk about Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams' latest. But first, I want to talk a little bit about something I noticed and that you as have covered a lot of campaigns, probably never really seen before in Georgia either. But Stacey Abrams, um, this week on Tuesday, John Legend, uh, the EGOT winner, he's won every award known to man, uh, is uh, is coming to, to a... EGOT. Yeah, the Emmys, Grammys, Oscars, and Tonys. He won all four. He's won everything. He's won everything. He's doing a fundraising concert for her um, on Tuesday, uh, $100 a ticket at start. Um, and that's something that you you know campaigns have done before and you've seen them advertise this. But what we haven't really seen Georgia Democratic candidates advertise before is something else that she did over the last week, which she just came back from New York, where she met with New York Mayor Bill de Blasio, uh, Andrew Cuomo, the governor, uh, Michael Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York. Um, she had an event, and she had an event at a yacht that Barry Diller, a billionaire, owns, a fundraising event. Um, and she just recently had an event here in Atlanta um, with Maxine Waters, who is, you know, Republicans kind of, I think it's safe to say that they hate her even more than Nancy Pelosi. Um, Maybe not more than Feinstein right now. Yeah. <laughs> but but either way, so the, she's hanging out with these, you know, national and liberal Democratic figures and not trying to hide it. And this right. is not something that, that, you know, we have to poke around hard to figure out. I mean, her invites is on her social media. It's on her Facebook pages. Um, and it's kind of a pretty big shift, right? Right. I mean, she, she, I mean, the, look, her campaign all along said she's a different kind of candidate. She's, you know, she's different than, than anybody else. And, and she certainly has not shied away from embracing kind of a national celebrity. I mean, she's been on, as we've reported many times, she's been on pretty much every talk show you can think of nationally. And, um, yeah, I, I don't. And you know, we've reported. You and I have reported several times the the vast uh, amount of 
uh, support she's gotten from every state in the union. I think what North Dakota or South Dakota is one of the, one of those two states was the only one that she hadn't get, received money from as of June 30th. So and those I, fundraising deadlines are coming. Oh out, yeah, yeah. So. so I'm sure she's going to take care of that one. She probably you know asked about that. Um, but yeah, I mean she. I, I don't I don't know that it's. I think I think it's you know maybe more uh, obvious. Um, uh, because it, these are, you know, celebrities she's hanging out with, but uh, um, I don't know that it, it is any it, it marks any difference from what we've been or, or any different trend from what we've been reporting on her in the past. And um, yeah, I mean, typically a candidate in Georgia, particularly remember governor, wants to say, look at all the support I got from Hey Hira or you know Savannah or or Cutbirth. Um, rather than what I'm getting from New York or San Francisco. But, you know, uh, it's it's definitely a new day in politics. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, that's what Kemp is emphasizing, that most of his money, I'm sure, in, in the next campaign reports that come out will also hold to this. But most of the money he's getting um, is, is from state fundraisers. And he's calling her um, three big words, liberal, extremist, and socialist. Uh, and he's, he's often using... Um, the fact that she's getting money from out of state and she's getting support from the likes of Maxine Waters and, and Bill de Blasio and Bloomberg and whoever else as examples of that. But we talked to um, veteran Democratic strategist Keith Mason, who had, a, who had a, th- a theory about this, which is the nature in the Trump era of such polarized politics means it doesn't matter for Democrats or for people in the middle, all these you know attacks that she's hanging out with New York billionaires because they're going to vote for who they're going to vote for no matter what. It's it's more of a you know base mobilizing strategy than than anything else. What right. do you think? Right. I mean, we have you know we have celebrities talking openly uh, about running for president the next time around, right? Kid we have, Rock. Right? We have uh, you know, no. It's and also uh, what's the name of the lawyer for uh, Stormy Daniels? Avenatti. I'm thinking about it when I heard that. I was like, you got to be kidding me. But based based on representing Stormy Daniels, but you know, you never know. You never know. Who knows? You know. Didn't wouldn't have predicted Trump five never, years ago either. Yeah, I never count out the Rock. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a different yeah issue. I, I disagree with you on that. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, you know I guess we'll see. I mean, we, the the response has been kind of consistent um, from from uh, uh, the camp campaign and from Republicans in general. It's been pretty consistent. I remember Jason Carter. Um, uh, received a good bit of money from out of state. Nothing like um, Stacey Abrams is, but he did receive a good bit of support. In fact, he re- he got money from people who didn't live in the country, uh, if I remember correctly. But um, but and so the, it's been the same kind of re- response, um, you know, from both Republicans and actually from some. Um, some watchdog groups that you know maybe voters ought to question when somebody can't get money from inside the state, but I mean you know, I'm not I'm not sure if, I've never been sure if that argument is n- anything more than partisan. You people who are going to vote who are not going to vote for her anyway, um, you throw that out there and it's just another reason to not want to vote for her. And then there's this sort of thread, and I've heard this not from the Abrams campaign, but from people who are who are who are you know supporters of her, which is essentially. Once you've already got a majority of your money from out of state, it doesn't matter if it's 55% no, no, to 95%. That is That's probably it it is what it is. So it you might as well keep true. milking that cow. That probably is true. Um, I mean, look, you know, we, we and we see all the time, we see celebrities like making political statements or endorsing, uh, you know, 
endorsing people. Um, there obviously are, I mean, I'm not one of them, but there obviously are some people who, you know, are interested in what, I don't know, Sean Penn thinks or, you know, Beyonce thinks about something. You know, there are people that, that you know, are going to go, well, if she supports, you know, or he supports something, uh, you know, must be good. Um, you know. And we had a little microcosm of that last year with the special election for 6th District where we had Alyssa Milano come down and actually drive John Ossoff supporters to early voting sites. Right. You could call See how up that a number. worked out. Yeah. <laughs> but you could call up a number and, you know, the, the, the poor uh, volunteers at his office were getting deluged with phone calls once, once Alyssa Milano tweeted, call this number and I'll pick you up. And, you right. know, she ended up only making a, a handful of trips, but it got them a huge amount of, na- uh, of media attention from us and from national outlets that day. And you were texting her, right? Oh, I was like, hey, you know, what, what a story that would have been is, yeah, I, I was trying to find someone actually who randomly got picked up by Alyssa right, Milano right, and maybe right. didn't know who she was, right. that hadn't seen that episode of Charmed <laughs> from, from the early 2000s. Seen, uh, seen what? No. She was in Charmed. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Um, good show. Um, but anyway, uh, so, but, but of course, Ossoff ended up losing by, by four points and Karen Handel was able to argue many, many things. But one of the things she argued was that he was this out of state creature, mostly tying him to Nancy Pelosi. Didn't help that he also didn't live in the district. So. And, he, and he didn't live in the district, which was true. Uh, but mostly tying him to, yeah. to Nancy Pelosi yeah. effectively. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense you do that um, if you're not getting that support. But you also have to, you know, we we'll also have to look at this whole idea that, um, you know, she's getting all this celebrity money uh, may be true. But uh, and, and Brian Kemp may not be getting, uh, you know, money from Hollywood. Guarantee you he's getting a lot of money from Washington, D.C. I guarantee you a lot of the ads that are going to be run are going to come from people who are not Georgians who, uh, you know, are, are going to be are going to be running ads out of Washington, D.C. packs. So, um, you know, both sides, I think, you know, are going to a lot of what we're going to see. Um, and advertising and flyers and whatnot are going to are going to actually be paid for by people from out of state. For I think for both campaigns probably. And as you've reported too, he's also getting going to be getting and already has been getting a lot of the quote unquote special interest money that went to Casey Cagle, sure. the well connected lobbyists, the business interests, the PACs based here in Georgia um, that are going to they they they're going to give money to who they think is going to win the race. Whether or not that's true, we'll find out in November. But they're, they they want to make sure, if not giving money to Kemp, they're, they're at least going to hedge their bets and give money to both candidates. And I bet we're going to start seeing some of that. Yeah, you're going to, I mean, you know, look, if, you're, if your profession is to get something um, out of state government, whether it be funding or legislation, or to, to be able to stop something, um, you want access. And the best way to get access for a lot of these people is to contribute. And you're going to it's you know, it's this is an interesting race because you're going to you're going to have people normally you would say, okay the Republicans have been in charge since 2003 in the state. Um, So you go with history. You go with, well, this is a this is a conservative state. We all the elected officials are Republican. You go with the Republican. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think there are probably some people who are um, after having given to Casey Cagle in a big way and uh, finding that money kind of went in the uh, went in the toilet, Um, you know, maybe hedging their beds a little bit. And the deadline for the latest fundraising quarter is September 30th, which means we're going to know exactly how much these candidates have raised um, in state, out of state, how much cash they have on hand, all that. Uh, within the next couple of days. And so we'll be watching that one pretty closely. Um, let's shift to Brian Kemp. 
Um, he is clearly worried about uh, a pretty wide gender gap in this race. Um, the AJC poll showed Stacey Abrams has an 11-point lead over Kemp among women. It's tied overall, and most candidates and camp and most of the groups we've talked to in the campaign say that they also think this race is pretty close. Um, Stacey Abrams might be ahead in some of the polls. Her internal poll showed her ahead six points for what that's worth. Um, but most most folks seem to agree that this race is pretty close. But there is a yawning gender gap, and Kemp is trying to do everything he can to distance himself from those primary images of him pointing a shotgun toward a teenager, uh, talking, uh, revving up a chainsaw, uh, getting in his Big pickup truck. truck and talking about rounding up criminal legals. And so he's not focusing on those social issues anymore. He's talking a lot about um, his criminal justice crackdown um, and his you know, law and order policies, his anti-gang initiatives, and a lot about a very new thing that he just unveiled a couple new. days ago. New. new, shiny new, but shiny new. It's probably his biggest, his biggest budgetary policy. Probably, yeah, definitely. And that would be a five thousand dollar permanent annual pay raise for for Georgia's public school teachers, which would cost at least six hundred million dollars right. a year or more. Yeah, it it, it that was um, it, it was it's interesting to, for that him to come out with that. I mean, it, the last time I can remember a, a candidate for governor. Uh, running on an issue like that with Zell Miller in 1994, he ran on uh, a promise to raise the um, the state average pay for teachers to the highest in the Southeast, and to give six percent pay raises um, per year uh, for f- four years. And he he did it. I mean, the economy was good in the late or mid to late 90s, um, and so uh, the state could afford to do it. Um, and uh, he, you know, he made a big deal out of champion, championing that. And in fact, the state, I don't know if it still is, but I know at the time, uh, Georgia's average teacher pay was highest in the Southeast um, when Governor Barnes took over in 99. Um, this, this, I think, surprised a lot of people um, uh, because, uh, you know, it's, it's so early in the campaign, you can't say this is a Hail Mary type thing. But it, but it really was. It really is. Well, we only uh, have forty days left. Right, but still, you yeah. know, you could do this two weeks before and <laughs> may yeah. have better, yeah, right. may have that effect. I mean, so you can't really call it that. And and again, the race is really close. So it's it's you know, you, this it isn't like he's down by ten points or fifteen points or whatever. Um, but it, I, I think it surprised a lot of people. I'm not sure that his campaign um, consulted with the people, or at least some of the people who do the budget every year. Um, because even at his very lowest figure, um, this would eat up approximately two thirds of all new revenue. Um, and that, so Georgia has about nine hundred ish million nine, dollars. It was nine hundred sixty four million dollars um, this last fiscal year, which ended uh, June thirtieth. But it, it, on an average year, when the economy is good, they it, they take in about nine hundred million dollars. Um, and the, pro- the 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 problem I think budget people will have uh, if they. Uh, try to implement if, if if he gets elected and try to implement this is that for instance this year out of the 900 to 950 million dollars in new income or new revenue um, 650 million of that is already eaten up with um, there are formulas for things like Medicaid uh, for things like um, k-12 education as enrollment grows the state contributes money for each of those new students and you know it, it, I've been covering this for 28 years. There's never been a year where it hasn't gone up, right? Yeah. I mean, Georgia is a growing state. It's going to have more students. 
So um, just just to fund the formula for education for for the, those, those new students, um, just to fund basic growth in Medicaid costs, which is the public health care program for the um, poor and disabled, um, just to fund the growth in the, uh, the also the formula university system uh, is is going to be six hundred fifty million of that. So you have two hundred fifty million dollars or three hundred million dollars left, and you're going to f- try to f- fit a six hundred million dollar uh, um, minimum uh, pay raise into that, um, which then brings you to the other question. I, I think I, this may have raised is his big priority on on as you know on um, budget is. A spending cap. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how do you do that? How do you? How do you? I mean, it, it, how, you how do these all fit? This? How do these things all fit together? Um, and and I guess the question would be, how does this fit together without cutting other things, without cutting other parts of the budget? I, I don't know the answer to that. I haven't had a chance to talk to. And if he knows the answer, that. he's not giving it to us because he's talking. He says that it, you know, wait. He wants to do a top to bottom review of the budget. We've heard that before. Yeah, that's, um, that's the that's the waste and fraud. I mean, the, yeah. the, every candidate since. Um, since like you know Oglethorpe has, has, <laughs> has claimed that they that they were going to get waste and fraud out of state government, and I, I remember uh, um, uh, Governor Purdue when he took over in two thousand three, there actually was some pork in state government at that time. There had been you know years and years and years of growth, and um, when the Republicans took over, I think they looked at the budget and they they did find some things, um, and I, I reported on quite a few of them. Um, but even in that, even in that instance, there was, um, and the, the economy was not going well at the time. They they had to look for other revenue, and it was not just a question of there's so much waste and fraud in state government that um, that they can you know budget their way out of something. And this is in good economic times, and of course these right. things go up and down. So imagine at a time of austerity like Sonny Purdue had to deal with for much right. of his as two terms as governor, how to find $600 million plus, and it might be well over $600 million when it's all said and done. Of in perpetuity. In perpetuity. I mean, so, so yeah, that's the thing is that we've had now, uh, Governor Deal has been able to, I mean, he had some rough times when he first came in, but the economy was growing. So, I mean, he sure as heck better hope that, um, that the economy just continues humming along and growing. It may, but you know, historically, there are going to there there we're getting to the point in the next few years where there will be a bump, and then what do you do? We should add that Brian Kemp has vowed no new taxes, and for this program, he reiterated that and cut taxes. He wants to cut. Taxes. He wants to cut taxes. So he's saying that this will be funded without any new taxes, any new fees, program like that. Um, how he managed to do it, I asked him. And he said, again, he pointed to the review. He said, look, we promised a cap, in, cap at spend, state spending. We're going to find additional revenue that way. The economy is growing. He recognizes it won't always be growing, but this is this is a priority. Um, and he also said that Stacey Abrams has promised equal, if not more, amount more. of spending, more, more amount of yeah. spending when, when you take all her projects in totality together. Um, but again... But, for, this is, but you remember, though, this is the... This is the side that is calling the other side radical and extremist. Um, you know, no, I don't know that anyone would dispute. I'm sure there are people, but there are not many people who dispute that he's right, that there is a need to, um, that that raising uh, teacher pay may help stem um, the number of people who are leaving the profession. By the may, way, may or 44% not, of teachers, right. according to a State Department of Education study, leave the profession within five years. It's unclear whether 
raising pay would change that, but you would think, you know, logically you think it would. May or may not. There may be many other reasons, and I assume there are other reasons other than pay, uh, why people leave the profession. Um, but I, I don't know that. I don't know that if you got people in a room and said, you know, hey, what do you think of me raising pay five thousand dollars, you know, for teachers? There aren't a lot of people that say, well, no, that's a terrible idea. I mean, you know, it's 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 an idea that you know I'm sure you know will play well. Um, but it, but the the cost is so great to do it at the the way he's talking about doing it. It's interesting that you have you you have them calling the other side a bunch of radicals because just both of them. I mean, the truth is at this point, both of them have put proposals forward that are going to be incredibly expensive. Yeah, and and look, this would also be the first time we've had a, a gubernatorial candidate. Uh, run on something that is really hard to fulfill and doesn't get fulfilled. And I'm not saying this won't get fulfilled, um, but Governor Deal, his entire 2014 re-election campaign, every stop he, he made talked about uh, overhauling the, the, the QBE, basically the, the K-12 through funding formula, which is this antiquated decades-old formula first passed in 1985 that, is, that has barely been tinkered with since then. And it turned out that there was a very tough haul on after four years of, you know, tr- kind of trying to do it uh, and making efforts to, to overhaul it, he abandoned that effort this year um, and said, you know what, it's just, you know, we did other things, but we couldn't we couldn't right. put our capital behind that. And there are other things that I think we'll, we'll see that on. One that may, comes to mind, um, both of them have talked about wanting to do reviews of, of uh, tax breaks and uh, figure out which ones uh, the state are, are helping the state create jobs um, and which ones maybe aren't working. And um, that's about every four years people say they're going to do that. And they start the process and they get together. And then a bunch of lobbyists crowd into a room. And what you end up with, I mean, the last time what you ended up with was more tax breaks and more expense. Uh, I mean, more tax money uh, going out for select companies. So, I mean, that that's one where, you know, God bless them. If one of them, you know, gets elected and actually reforms that system, you know, they should win, you know, award or something. One big t- clue I read from the tea leaves at being at the, at the camp um, press conference last week where he announced this, um, where the other lawmakers who were with him, you had his brother-in-law, the Senate Majority Leader, Bill Kausert, who pronounced this long overdue and said it was needed. You had Fran Miller, the Senate Higher Education Committee Chair. You had Lindsey Tippins, the Senate Education Committee Chair, all endorsing the idea. But you only had one um, one House member there. Uh, and I asked the Speaker, David Ralston's office, very shortly after, um, what his take on it. And he gave a very nice answer that said absolutely nothing. <laughs> it essentially said the jury was still out and he's looking forward to, to considering. I don't know that plans. he's looking forward to it. I think that's, he's just being nice. <laughs> because this is a giant, as you mentioned, yeah. a giant part of the budget. And it, it eat up a lot of the state's discretionary spending. So as nice as it sounds and as great as it would be for, for I mean, look, my, my mom and my mother-in-law are both retired teachers. Uh, everyone in their fam- everyone seems to have someone who's in their family who's a teacher, or if, if they're not a teacher themselves, it would be great. But it's a lot of money for a lot of Georgia's uh, budget. You know, you know, there's about seventy or eighty thousand people who um, uh, may not be uh, too enthusiastic about this, and that's the seventy to eighty thousand state employees and university system employees, because if they they spend six hundred million plus on a pay raise for teachers. I wouldn't count on getting a pay raise anytime soon for the, for those other employees. 
Um, and, you know, again, unless the economy is growing like, I don't know, eight or 10 percent, you know, in the next few years. It's the what about me um, syndrome. Governor yep. Deal saw that a couple of ha- a couple of years ago firsthand when he gave law enforcement, uh, all state law enforcement giant raises. But then he started getting questions about other state uh, employees who didn't sure. get raises. And then the sheriffs. And then locals who didn't get raises. And there was this whole debate about whether or not to give state, should the state fund local law enforcement pay raises. So it will trigger a lot of backlash. Yeah. That's true. Well, that's all for this week's edition of the Politically Georgia podcast. Head to AJC.com forward slash politics to subscribe to Politically Georgia. You'll get access to our daily newsletter, along with all of our stories and updates on all things Georgia politics. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate us. It really means a lot to us when you do. And as always, thank you for listening. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants a rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter.